This is Talk Soup, a podcast that listens to superintendents. I'm your host, Monica Brady-Myrov. I'm a public radio reporter and the founder of ListenWise, an ed tech tool for middle and high school students that uses public radio to build student listening skills. It also helps English learners acquire academic language with rigorous listening practice. Check it out for free at ListenWise.com. In this episode, we talk to Dr. Jeff Harding, superintendent of the Mountain View Los Altos High School District. You'll hear what it's like to run a school district that's home to Google, where high stress is counteracted by some highly unusual policies. So we have homework-free weekends five times a year. We have homework-free vacations. And you'll learn what makes Dr. Harding exceptional. In the superintendent world, which tends to be somewhat conservative and somewhat uh, rule followers, uh, I'm uh, a bit of an exception. I started by asking him what it's like to run a school district in Silicon Valley. Uh, this is a, a fascinating place because um, the high-tech field has brought people from all over the world to Silicon Valley. They, they're a self-selected group uh, from uh, India and, and uh, China and South America and Mexico and Europe, and they all sort of converge here for the unique qualities that make Silicon Valley Silicon Valley. It's, you know, we're the home of Google right here in the school district. And as compared to other places, Uh, It brings with it great opportunities and great challenges. What are the challenges and the opportunities of being Google's school district? Uh, Well, most people don't think of Silicon Valley as being as diverse a place as we are. Uh, And that's um, understandable why people wouldn't understand that. But uh, a school district like ours, uh, we have almost 20% of our students are on free and reduced lunches. And if you're on free and reduced lunch and you live here with the housing prices and cost of living, I don't know how people do it. Uh, In addition, we have some of the most successful, highly educated and affluent parents in any school district. And we send our kids to the same school and they share the same classroom. And that's a, a tremendous opportunity for someone in my position because we have resources that you don't have in most places. We spend more per student than in most uh, communities in California, and the need is there. Uh, so, so that's a, a challenge and an opportunity in and of itself. Yeah, so let's get into those um, opportunities more. What kind of opportunities are you bringing into the school district thanks to the quality of talent and tech you have in Silicon Valley? Uh, well, there's great opportunities here um, beyond the fact that we just spend more money. And there's, there's no substitute for revenue. Uh, we're able to offer, well, for example, we're, we're just hiring a, a science lab technician, somebody to help our science teachers set up labs and take down labs and organize chemicals and things like that. That's a, an opportunity that you don't get in most communities. You just don't have the resources for it. So we have those opportunities. Our parent community is extremely engaged. Our foundation brings in uh, $2 million a year for basically two schools. So those are opportunities in the area of resources. Uh, The other opportunities, uh, we have a a very intense and beneficial partnership with many of the businesses in this area. Uh, We have a program known as PEAK, P-E-A-K, where every student who is Uh, identified uh, underprivileged, is enrolled in a program called AVID, 
And those students go out in the community, build relationships with local businesses so that they begin seeing themselves as employees in those businesses while still in high school. Now, what about the challenges? The, the challenges uh, relate directly back to economic disparity and how we can build um, a, a, a balanced opportunity for students who come from uh, extremely low socioeconomic environments. We have students who live on the street. We have students who live in RVs and mobile homes, and their summers are not as enriched as the students who live up in the hills in Los Altos, whose parents have PhDs and who are traveling to Europe uh, during the summer, who have private tutors. I really believe we have a moral obligation to try to fill that gap, to give our students from um, less affluent environments the benefits that our more affluent students have, and that's, that's a challenge, but we're, we're up to it. You talked in an email, in a back-to-school email I saw, you talked about also creating an inclusive culture that promotes a healthy and balanced lifestyle. How do you do that in the district? Yeah, it's very intentional. Uh, student wellness, the concept of student wellness is alive and well here. Uh, how do we help our students uh, establish balance in their lives when the expectations are as high as they are? And we've done a number of things to address this issue. Uh, two years ago, we uh, wrote and uh, implemented a new homework policy. And while it doesn't sound that significant, I think it, it really is to students. So we have homework-free weekends five times a year. Uh, we have homework-free vacations. So winter break and spring break and summer break are homework-free. Uh, around final exams, we bring in... Uh, therapy dogs, and we have massage tables and all sorts of fun things like that to send the message to students that their mental health is important. Uh, in comparison to the way it was here prior to the new homework policy, where summer was filled with advanced placement assignments and winter break uh, around Christmas and New Year's filled with papers and homework and reading, uh, and the students really never got a downtime. From um, you know, 12 months a year, throughout the year, uh, there was a level of stress, and we were, we were beginning to see the negative consequences of that stress. Tell me about your education story. What impact uh, did a teacher or a school have on you that led you to where you are today? Well, I had a, a very uh, different kind of academic or educational career path than most people. I began in environmental education, uh, teaching students outdoors, a sixth grade camp, eighth grade camp, and I worked in Yosemite and Point Reyes and places like that where we really got our hands dirty and we saw students uh, in, in environments that, where they weren't comfortable. And what I learned through five years of teaching outdoors is... Um, the importance of emotional connection, the importance of experiential learning. Uh, in contrast to some of the high school experiences I had, where you sit in a desk in a row in a classroom and it all looks the same and you get lectured at and on Fridays you regurgitate what you learned, uh, that's not uh, the way students are, get inspired. We get inspired by finding passions, by building relationships, by building a sense of community and culture. Uh, 
Uh, so all of those factors are really critical to me. And, and I, I like to reflect that in the work that I do. And does that come from your early education experiences? I mean, were you the kind of kid who hated to sit in class and you were staring out the window wondering when you could go out there and play? Uh, my counselor said I had the most serious case of senioritis she had ever seen in a sophomore. Uh, I, was, I was basically done with high school after my 10th grade year, but uh, knew enough to not uh, drop out and ended up going to Berkeley and had a great experience there, not so much because of the classes, but because of the Berkeley culture in the late 70s. So I, the answer is yes, uh, I was not one then and am not one now to um, conform. Always looking for other ways and you know, I, I, I can, in the, in the superintendent world, which tends to be somewhat conservative and somewhat uh, rule followers, uh, I'm a, a bit of an exception. Well, then it seems like now's the right time to introduce uh, an unexpected big talk card, uh, which I just pulled from the pile. Oh, well, this is a little odd, but it, um, that's, that's what big talk does sometimes. Let's see where it goes. Have you ever had any near death experiences? And what did you learn from it? One comes to mind immediately. Uh, I was backpacking and I was crossing a canyon and walking over a massive log with a backpack on. And I didn't think there was any way that I would fall off that log. And I didn't fall off the log, but there was a moment where I almost did. I was in my 20s and I was at that age where I felt invincible. There was nothing that was going to harm me. And for just a moment, I thought I could have died there. Uh, and what it made me, and, and I learned from that, that at any given moment, our lives could end. And as a result, to appreciate every moment because it is a gift. We could lose it at any time. And, and I, I, I try to live my life that way that that sense of gratitude uh you know i i uh i do a lot of yoga and a lot of meditating and uh and i try to f to um reach people at an emotional level and and i'm uh, i'm driven by that you know i'm I, more more than maybe a lot of other people my age and certainly my gender you know drawn to tears from joy on a regular basis because there's just so much to appreciate in this world. That's Talk Soup. We've been listening to Dr. Jeff Harding, superintendent of the Mountain View Los Altos High School District. I'm Monica Brady-Meyerov of ListenWise, a tool that helps improve student listening skills using podcasts and public radio. You can sign up for free at listenwise.com and subscribe to Talk Soup on iTunes. Thanks for listening.